Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. As the NZSO celebrates its 75th anniversary, we're asking 10 New Zealanders to choose a piece of music that sparks an emotional connection. And we're pairing them with 10 musicians from the NZSO who have their own intimate understanding of how the music works. I have very strong memories as a child of Elgar's cello concerto being played constantly throughout my childhood. Singer Morgan Leary grew up around music. My grandfather owned a classical record store in Auckland in the 1960s and my grandmother played the double bass in the junior orchestra. It was kind of expected that uh, you had an appreciation for Elgar in my household. I always thought it was really cool that my grandmother played the double bass. She's a lot taller than me, however, I'm quite small. Honestly, I thought I would look more in proportion with a cello. And I do. I read somewhere when I was selecting that as my instrument of choice that it's the closest vibrationally to the human voice. Although Morgan Leary grew up playing cello, her repertoire has diverged from classical music in recent years. Nowadays, she plays guitar and bass and sings in a few different bands, including Auckland group Kathy Bates Motel. You don't say much, do you, babe? So I currently play in a rock and roll band and a punk rock band as well. Being raised on Algar and also being allowed to listen to Jimi Hendrix at the same time means I have a real appreciation for high-low in the same sphere. <laughs> From Bird of Paradise, RNZ and the NZSO, this is Crescendo. Elgar's cello concerto was first performed in 1919 and is the English composer's final major piece of work, written while both he and his wife Alice were suffering from poor health. And I think something that's so beautiful about that piece of music is it's so surreal in how emotive 
It is. I love the theories of him writing it on on a sick bed after he'd had surgery as what, like a 61-year-old man or something and coming in and out of consciousness. Nor was the first performance of the piece a resounding success, as NZSO violinist Elizabeth Patchett explains. When it was first debuted, the orchestra playing it was very underprepared. And I think Alga really didn't want the performance to go ahead, but the soloist at the time had put a lot of time and, and energy into it. So it went ahead and then and it kind of got mothballed, I think, and it wasn't played again for maybe a year. In fact, it would take nearly 50 years before a recording of the concerto by a legendary cellist would elevate the piece to worldwide acclaim. And then, of course, uh, Jacqueline Dupre and her performance of it, which is one of my personal favourites, uh, she, she was the one that made it very popular. Honestly, after seeing that incredible black-and-white film version of Jacqueline Dupre and Daniel Barenboim's version of Elgar's cello concerto, like, that's rock stardom. I'm just taken back to a memory of my cello teacher rolling her eyes at me for loving the Dupre version because her technique wasn't quite... That teacher had a real emphasis on the polished and I think would have liked me to prefer the Yo-Yo Ma version. Jacqueline Dupre came to Aotearoa in September 1970 and played with the NZBC Symphony Orchestra, as the NZSO was then, in the Wellington Town Hall. She performed Haydn's Cello Concerto No. 1 and Dvorak's Cello Concerto in B minor. She would have been fabulous. There's a lovely story of her when she was very young. She was um, playing in a competition and she was running down a corridor and uh, with a big smile on her face and a member of the public said, oh, have you just finished playing? And she said, no, I'm just about to play. So she had that wonderful attitude as a performer of, you know, that the composer has given you these beautiful notes and you decide what to do with those notes and give those notes to the audience. like two bars that I can play of that concerto just to feel like I'm Jacqueline Dupre for a minute. <laughs> it's like when I go and play Rage Against the Machine as a, as a break when I'm learning someone's songs on bass to play with them at the moment. you got to have that little holiday fun song to be able to play to break it up. Elgar's cello concerto is well known as a piece of music which can have an intense effect on listeners. Elizabeth Patchett has a theory about the emotional power of Elgar's strings. I think string instruments are the closest to the human singing voice. 
the way the instrument works, the way the, the strings vibrate. We can make continual sounds. Unlike, say, the piano, where every single note decays. With strings, we can build and grow and grow and grow and grow. We don't need to take a breath. So we have a huge advantage, I think, over some of the other orchestral instruments. It's access to another, it's like a spirit world, an emotional world. You know, I don't even have words for the like emotional space that music has. It says something that you can't say in words. With Algar, so much of the emotion and how the phrasings work um, depends on what you do with the leading notes and how they grow and present the phrase. Music's a spiritual practice. It's another paradigm to uh, inhabit in daily life and I think it's really taught me to live in the, the process, not just the performance, which is kind of like meditation in a way. It's a fabulous experience every time and every time it's totally different and you wait for the soloist to play the entry and then the piece just evolves from there. There's something about the chord structure. Um, there's something about how the orchestra moves and plays together that is very moving. I think about my love for that Elgar piece and hearing it as a child and how grateful I am that my mum and grandmother took the time and energy to play me that sort of thing. Like, I remember them deliberately playing it to me when I showed an interest in music and deliberately giving me an education in classical music, even though I was unwilling. I can remember it in my bones, you know, so I must have been very young. Becoming a mum now and reliving all of those wonderful childhood situations, I'll make sure that my kids hear Algar as well as whatever rock and roll band I'm playing in. Crescendo is presented by me, Clarissa Dunn, with a sound mix by Mark Chesterman. It was written and produced by Noel McCarthy from an original concept by Bird of Paradise. 
The recording of Jacqueline Dupre performing Dvorak's cello concerto with the NZBC Symphony Orchestra in September 1970 is included with thanks to Nataonga Sound and Vision, New Zealand's audiovisual archive. Kakite ano. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.